welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome back to Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here for episode 161. Did I mention that this podcast has hit 500,000 total downloads? Very cool. I'm so excited for that. So excited. Thank you so much for for listening. I actually did receive a a lovely message from listener Matt, who's from the US. I want to give a shout out to him. Um, He connected with me on LinkedIn and he wrote, Christina, I'm so glad I found your podcast. Listening to you and your guests is the best part of my day. There are some episodes that I listen to over and over, but I also have about 100 episodes to hear for the first time. Thank you. P.S. Your sister's poem, truly amazing, transformational and moving. Thank you so much, Matt, for that wonderful message. If you are wondering what he means by my sister's poem, um, in episode 150, um, I brought my sister on and she, anyway, you have to listen. It's amazing. She did this beautiful poem. Um, I've had a lot of great feedback on that. Okay, so this week, let's get into it. Today, we're talking about how to work effectively with people who have different communication styles to you. Now, have you ever wondered why there are some people who you just seem to click with? You just get along. It just works. Conversation flows. And with others, it just feels awkward or difficult or you just can't seem to have a productive conversation. Now, oftentimes we blame it on ourselves or we blame it on the other person. We think, oh, well, they're just rude or weird or they're just frustrating to deal with. When really, it's not about who we are as people. It's simply the way we communicate. And if you can learn to identify these different communication styles and understand how to communicate with each one, you will find that you'll be able to have better working relationships with them. You'll get along better. You'll resolve issues quicker and be more productive as well. And who doesn't want that, right? And while I'll be talking about this in a work context, these principles also apply to your personal relationships. Now, if you're a long-time listener and you're thinking that this is sounding a little bit familiar, you're not going crazy. This is a review episode somewhat. In episodes 62 to 65, I introduced you to the idea of how to communicate effectively with different personality styles. Now, there are a lot of different frameworks, models, and personality tests around this. Um, You may have heard of Myers-Briggs or the color color, um, framework, the birds, goes on and on. And in this this podcast, I'm using the DISC framework, D-I-S-C. And the reason why I'm doing this again is because in episodes 62 to 65, they were almost 100 episodes ago, which is crazy to think about. That was June 2016, almost two years ago. And in those two years, I've grown a lot. I've grown a lot in my own personal development. I've grown as a coach and as a speaker, and my business has evolved with me, which is exciting. Um, 
I discover new concepts, right? So as, I, as I've been growing, I discover new concepts and I incorporate them into my keynotes and my workshops. But it means that sometimes I look back on the work that I did years ago and I think to myself, you know, I do that a little bit differently now or I have a slightly different perspective on it. It's not that the old work isn't relevant or useful. It's just that my methods have evolved over time and, you know, I've, I've built on them and improved upon them. So that's why I'm reviewing this communication stars topic. And I'm focusing on the DISC framework because that's the framework that I now teach in my workshops and that I work on with my co- coaching clients as well. And I found the DISC framework, framework to be very, very useful. It's in-depth, but it's also easy to understand. So today I'll be giving you an overview of the DISC styles and this will give you a taster of how, um, this is how I explain it and work through it uh, in my workshops and with my coaching clients as well. For notes and links to other DISC resources, you can go to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash DISC, that's D-I-S-C, and there'll be a link in the description of this podcast in your app. Okay, let's get into it. So to get us started, DISC stands for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness and Conscientiousness, which only conscientious people can spell. Trust me, I definitely cannot. Um, and DISC, uh, the DISC um, communication style test is it's a test that you can do online and I'll link that up um, in the show notes as well. But you don't need to do the test to understand and to implement the concepts, okay? Um, I've had some of my clients go through the test. I've done the test myself, but you don't have to do it. Now, before we get sort of into each different style, I want to share with you some guiding principles. These are things that are important to know as we talk about this. Now, I'm not referring, firstly, I'm not referring to them as personality styles, which I used to do. I've come to realize that, well, your personality is something that you may not want to change. You know, I talk a lot about being true to you, being real and authentic. And if that is your personality, and then if I say to you, well, you know, you need to change your personality style to match others, you're going to look at me like I've just suggested you chop off your first child's left thumb and offer it as a sacrifice you know, you look at me like I'm crazy. Um, But it is possible to change your communication style. Yeah. So you can still be you, but alter the way you communicate and you're still not changing your personality. Um, The next guiding principle is that all styles are equally valuable. So there's four main styles and we need all four. No style is better than the other. When people go through this and they go, oh, I'm this style, and sometimes they say, I don't want to be this style, I want to be the other style. But really, re- we need all four, okay? Um, something else to understand is that we are a blend of all styles. We're human beings, we're messy. You can't just label us and box us into one thing. So yes, while there are four styles in DISC, some of us, some of us might lean heavily into one style. We might Um, show tendencies, you know, for one main style, but other people can be a bit of a more even mix. They can be divided up between two styles, three styles, or even four styles. And we, we will tend to have all four styles within us. Um, It's just to varying degrees. Most of us tend to have one dominant style that we tend to move towards. 
And we can move into different styles as we get older or go through different phases of life. Um, And we can also move into different styles based on the context. So you might be one particular style dominant um, at work. And then another style might be more dominant when you're at home or in a different social context. Okay, so we can absolutely shift um, in between them. Now, keeping that in mind for this podcast, well, for purposes of, of this, if you're looking to improve your workplace communication, as I go through this, have a think about where you tend to naturally lean in, lean towards in the work context. Okay, so if you're thinking, oh, Christina, but I'm different styles here, there, and blah, blah, blah. I can adapt to all different. I want you to think about where do you naturally tend to go? Okay. Because some of the traits for the different styles we're not naturally good at, we can still learn them. Okay. We can learn these traits or these skill sets of different styles, but it doesn't naturally come to us. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So let's get into it. I'm just going to take a quick drink. My voice is still a little bit hoarse after my cold last week. Okay, let's get into it. So the first step to understanding how different people communicate is to understand yourself. So I'm going to go through each style and I want you to think, you know, which one of these applies to you the most. Once you have an understanding of that, you can then start to look at other people and see where they tend to fall as well. So I want you to picture a circle and divide it into four quadrants. So divide into top and bottom, left and right. The top half represents fast paced and outspoken and the bottom half represents cautious and reflective. Now, remember, this is a spectrum that some people are way, way, you know, way up into the um, fast paced, extroverted, outspoken um, section other people, other people might be less, less so. Okay. To the left. So we've got our circle. We've split it down the middle. On the left side is the traits are questioning and skeptical. And to the right is accepting and warm. Now, if you listen to my small talk episode, it was 154. I talk about the sliding scale from left to right with task-focused people on the left and relationship-focused people on the right. So this is similar to that. So questioning and sceptical, task-focused, right, focused on the task at hand. Um, People who are very dominant in that are way onto the left. People who are accepting and warm and more relationships-focused, so they care more about um, um, building a great relationship, they are are on, on the right. Okay, so I'll just repeat that real quick. We've got a circle, the top half, fast paced, outspoken, tend to be more extroverted. Bottom half, cautious, reflective, tend to be more introverted. Then on the left, questioning and skeptical, task focused, and to the right, accepting and warm. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to explain the style starting from the top left corner, which is dominance. So dominance, we've got people who are fast-paced and outspoken and questioning and sceptical. Okay, so the top left. So, and so, and what I'm about to describe is someone who is hev- like displays these tendencies heavily. Okay, so someone who is very much a, a D in, in the dominance category. 
And remember, you might have a bit of dominance, you might be very dominant in dominance, or you might have just a little bit of this. So in general, people who are Ds, they tend to be assertive, they're very confident, and they're not afraid to express their opinions, all right? They're very decisive. They make fast decisions. They think about something, they make a decision, yep, done. Um, They don't like a lot of detail. They think very high level. They have a very take charge attitude as well, which can have them coming across as as wanting to dominate conversations. Um, It's worth noting that in every style I describe, they they all have their positive traits, but the overuse of their positive traits can also tend to be um, a negative trait as well. So for example, a a person who is is the dominance um, style, dominant style, they can be great leaders because they're very assertive. Um, People want to follow them. You know, they're confident. They They make fast decisions. They're like, yes, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing. Let's do it. They're very action focused. So they get things done. But if used too much, that can come across as being a bit too forceful or it can be uh, maybe insensitive or even a bit abrupt, okay? So it's important to understand that too much of one thing can actually be um, a negative in the work context. So D-focused people are very goal-orientated, very goal-focused. They love achieving success. They want to achieve outcomes, So have a think as to, you know, do you exude these tendencies, these traits? Um, Is this how you operate in a work context? Or maybe you know someone who operates like this. So just have a think there. Um, Okay, moving on. Okay, we're moving on to I. So we're moving around the quadrant in a clockwise motion. So I stands for influence. So influence people are both fast-paced and outspoken and they're on the accepting and warm side, so the relationships-focused side. People who are eyes, they tend to be uh, more extroverted. They tend to be quite optimistic and energetic. They love socialising with people, okay? They always, they're very good at networking. They know exactly who's who and who's worth speaking to and, and what's going on. Okay. They love making small talk, you know, before, you know, if you go up to an I person on a Monday morning and you say, um, Hey, Hey Mike, did you get that report done? They're going to take that as a personal offense. They're going to think, don't you even care about my weekend? Don't you even care about how, how I am? You know, so that's a very high I person. High I's make great leaders as well as D's um, because they are really great at, you know, rallying the troops together and selling an idea with enthusiasm saying, guys, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome fun. And they're generally quite, because they're quite optimistic and positive, they're usually great fun to be around as well. Um, what else was I going to share there? Uh, Richard Branson is a perfect example of an I style leader. He, um, one of his quotes is, don't think about fun as a reward. Think about it as a responsibility. So for him, you know, fun is mandatory and you can see how much success he's had and he's happy to, you know, he doesn't play by the rules. He does things out of the box and, you know, people, and people love him for that as well. Now, again, 
the positive traits of an I person, of an influence person, can also be their downfall. So sometimes an I person, they're very high level, they make these fast decisions, sometimes they can forget about the detail and they can move a bit too fast for others. And also their their enthusiasm for something may cause other people to think that they are over-exaggerating and not focused enough on, on the process in terms of how to get things done. Okay, so that's an I person. <clears throat> okay, now we're moving to the bottom right quadrant, which is moving into the S style. And S in the DISC framework stands for steadiness. Now, these people are, so someone who is a high S, right, who's right into this, into this um, quadrant, they're both accepting and warm, so on the right, and cautious and reflective. So S people, they they really care about the relationship, but as opposed to an I person who is very much, you know, loves attention and loves being the center of attention, the S person prefers to, tends to prefer to sort of sit in the background and make sure everyone's happy. Okay, so they're very supportive, they're very accommodating, they're quite humble. They don't like to talk themselves up. They don't like to be center of attention. They're very friendly. Um, however, they can also be quite careful or sometimes reluctant when it comes to making decisions because oftentimes they're thinking about, um, you know, wanting to keep everyone happy. They don't want to, you know, make they want to make the, the make sure the decision is the right one. Um, they often don't like change. They like things to be, as the name suggests, steady. Um, and predictable. Okay, that's where they feel they feel good. They feel safe um, in that environment. Um, S's love to keep the peace at work, and you may know if you're speaking to an S type, an S communication style person, um, because they'll ask you lots of questions about yourself. They'll be very good listeners. They'll show a, a genuine interest in you, and you feel you know you feel great. You and you don't even know why, but you're like, I like this person. You know, this is, I, I love speaking to this person. Okay. So what else was I going to share there? Yes, they're very thoughtful. They're very genuine. Um, however, because they want to keep the peace, sometimes they don't speak up. So one of the challenges of an S person is that they are challenged with um, speaking up and asserting themselves. And if someone is a bit dominant, you know, dominates a conversation, they tend to shrink and they get quite flustered around that. So that's an S type. Now, a C style, now we're moving into the final quadrant, which is the bottom left. This is the conscientiousness quadrant. People who are Cs are both questioning and skeptical, so they're on the left, and cautious and reflective. So that's the, the bottom the bottom half. So in general, they tend to be quite reserved, quite analytical and systematic. All right. They love processes and they love considering all the options. So before they make a decision, they have to know exactly what are all the options? What are the pros and cons of each? Have we covered all bases? Do we know exactly what we're dealing with here? And then we'll make the decision. Okay. And usually they're not, so they tend to not be, you know, very animated or show a lot of emotion because they tend to be processing things, you know, in their, in their minds, right? So they're, so even if they like something or they're excited by something, they'll be in their mind thinking, I'm very excited, but they're not outwardly showing, I'm really excited, okay? It's the difference between 
um, let's say an I person who shows a lot of, who's very expressive, um, and, and the C. C people, conscientious people like to stick to the facts. They care about the task. So you may notice they don't like to make small talk or if they do, it's, it's a bit of a, a challenge for them. They would rather talk about, you know, the task at hand and um, breaking things down into their processes, sharing facts, figures, um, data is very important to them. They really dislike making the wrong decision. So for them, quality of work is really important. Um, quality of work and being accurate and being correct is very, very important. Um, what else was I going to share there? Now, again, with all styles, um, we need we need C people, right? We need people from all different styles. The C people are the people who get things done, right? They make sure that um, everything is accounted for and that the and the um, mistakes are avoided. But sometimes their attention to detail can often hold them back from making decisions or it might get other people frustrated if people want to move forward with something and the C person is saying, no, 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 but we need to make sure this, 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 which can get frustrating for others. Okay. So I've just shared those four styles, D, the dominance, I for influence, S for steadiness and C for conscientiousness. <laughs> and I hope you're... um. You might be thinking, you know, being able to pinpoint now where you think you tend to fall. And like I said at the start, you're going to be a blend of all styles, but you might have one style that's more dominant than the others. Okay. Now, the challenge arises, so this is at work. I mean, it's all well and good to know how people communicate, but why, why is this important? The challenge can come up when someone from the opposite end of the spectrum tries to communicate with with the other. So if we're going diagonally, a D person communicating with an S and, and vice versa, and then an I person communicating with a C, a conscientious person. Um, I'll give you an example. So a D person uses very direct language. So you can picture someone, a D person walking up to an S person uh, on a on a you know Monday morning, no no good morning, no how are you? Um, hey Sue, oh how are we going for that meeting today? When when's that when's that meeting on today? Sue is a little bit taken aback because she would rather build the relationship first, right? So so she's feeling a bit f- flustered, and to her, the D person is coming across as being a little bit rude, a little bit abrupt, and not caring about her or you know or, or wanting to build that relationship. So she so she um, stammers a little bit because she's nervous, and she says, "Um, uh, well, what time's the meeting? Um, well, uh, I was speaking with Mike, but he hasn't really got back to me yet. So it's might it might be here and it might be there. Meanwhile, the D person is." tuning out and getting frustrated because they don't care about what's happening here, what's happening there. They just want to know what time is the meeting or whatever it was. (laughs) So that's where, and so they start to get frustrated. Now you may have experienced or witnessed um, a similar interaction to this. Now in a situation like this, just checking um, how long we've been going for. I don't want to, I could do a whole like day on this. 
Um, but this is more of an overview. So I'm going to give you some quick, some quick examples um, to get you thinking about it. But um, you'll have to maybe go back and listen to those other episodes because I go way more in depth um, in, in, those, um, in the other episodes, which I will link to. So something you, you can start to do if you're an S person, if you can recognize that you're working with a D person to start to be more direct with your language. So don't fluff around, don't um, bother with the small talk, get to the point quickly. For a D person, it's time for you to soften your language a little bit. And I know it might be difficult, but if you know you're speaking to an S person, you know that they... Um, can get flustered if you do use too, if you use language that's a bit too direct um, and too abrupt with them. So you can start to ask them, how was your day? You know, soften up your tone a little bit and um, and just and be less direct in the way that you speak. Okay, so that's that example. Now when we talk about an I, an influencer, speaking with a conscientious person. An influencer person is likely to, well, they have a tendency to, when they sell, and I use sell as a loose term, could be selling the idea of, hey, we're all going to drinks. The first thing they're going to say, for example, is, hey, Friday night, we're all going for drinks after work. You should come. It's going to be awesome. Everyone's going to be there. Now to an I person, that's a, a great, that's a great sales message. I mean, I'm, I'm an I and I'll say, yeah, I'd love to come. Sure. Sounds fun right? Um, focusing on the, the fun, the people, it's exciting. This is what's going to happen. Whereas a C person, they're going to want to know, hang on a second, what, where are the drinks? How are we getting there? Who's paying? <laughs> what time is it? How long is it going to go for? Do I have time to finish my work first? Right? They're thinking, they're going through all of these things in their head, trying to analyze the situation and figure out, you know, is this going to be the best decision for me? So for an I person to come up and say, it's going to be awesome, fun, everyone's going to be there, let's go, the C person is not going to be, is not going to respond to that um, very favorably, okay? Um, and you can you can take this sort of out of, into any other context um, as well, any other situation. And it could be very, very similar. Meanwhile, if a C person approaches an I person and says, so, um, We've got the, the committee together and we're talking about where we should um, go for drinks after work this Friday. And we're thinking that we could go to bar number one. Now, bar number one is um, about a, a five-minute walk away. Um, they start happy hour at 4 p.m. And then or we could go to bar number two, which they do they do food as well, which would be really great. Um, and at this point, the eye person's fallen asleep. Because the I person doesn't care about those details. All they care about is who's going to be there and how much fun is it going to be? Is it going to be great? Do people, you know, want the I person there? So, so in terms of how you would adjust the way you communicate, eyes, if you know that you're speaking to a C, you, know, you need to add in a little bit more detail, a bit more information, make sure that the C is satisfied with all the data that they have so that they can make that decision. Um, and slow it down a little bit, okay? Um, and tone down the enthusiasm just a little bit. With a um, with a C person, if you're speaking to an I person, um, try to do away with all of that detail. Keep it very high level and try to bring some um, enthusiasm into it as well, okay? So those 
are a few tips from me to you about how you can start to adjust the way that you communicate. Now, this is a entire, this, this topic is way too um, expansive for one podcast. Um, I, this is something that I go in depth with, with my clients and also um, in the workshops that I run, whether it's a, a lunch and learn or if it's, or if it's a, um, a keynote presentation as well. Okay. It's, really, really valuable. I've had so much great feedback from my clients around this. Um, People have found that when they implement these things, it really does make a difference. So you might be thinking, oh, this isn't going to work for me or well, it seems so simple. How could it make such a difference? But I challenge you to give it a go um, and see, see if it helps, see what difference it makes. Now, if you want to learn more about this, I will put links in the show notes as uh, with some more in-depth resources, as well as links to the DISC profile um, website as well. But I hope that this uh, podcast has given you enough of an overview to get you thinking about it. And, um, and hopefully you can implement some of these things as well. Um, show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash DISC. That's D-I-S-C. Okay, that almost brings us to the end of this episode. Oh, I do have one quick announcement. If you are uh, really into podcasts and you're so into them that you are considering starting your own podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I am running a podcasting course in Melbourne, so it's live, over three weeks in August. So I'm giving you lots of notice. Um, it's with my partner, Aaron Heath. It's part of our business, Podcast Services Australia, which is the podcast set up and production and training business that, that we run. Um, so the course is on, it's over two hours on a Wednesday morning for three weeks. So for three weeks, every Wednesday morning for two hours. We're, gonna, we're taking people through all the way from the concept to um, editing, production, interviewing, and marketing of a podcast as well. So if you want to start a podcast but don't know how, this course will be absolutely perfect for you. Um, You can learn more about the course and register at podcastservices.com.au slash ticks. That's T-I-X as in tickets. Podcastservices.com.au slash ticks. I'll also put a link to that in the description of this podcast. It's going to be a very small group, only 10 to 12, oh no, 10 people. I think we're keeping it to 10 people. So you'll get a lot of attention from Aaron and myself. We will take you step by step through the entire process um, of how to create a great, engaging and sustainable podcast. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Keep on being awesome and I will talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Thank you for listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed. To learn more and inquire about the C Method coaching, keynote and corporate training programs, visit thecmethod.com.